Hello and welcome to Touching the Sunrise podcast. I am Sister Catherine Herms, author of Surviving Depression, A Catholic Approach, and Reclaim Regret, How God Heals Life's Disappointments, and Spiritual Guide in the Heartwork Program, which specializes in helping people walk the road of spiritual growth and inner healing. For the past 10 years, I have been walking alongside wonderful women and men who want a more heart-centered and spiritual life, but would like support along the way, through online programs, groups, and one-on-one spiritual guidance. I walk with people along a contemplative and healing path, one that has been trodden for thousands of years. Basically, I'm here to help you surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, who has come to make your being the throne of the Holy Trinity, so that your life, your prayer, your relationships, your dreams and goals will most deeply satisfy the desires of your heart. You can find out more about me and what God has led me to do in the world by visiting my website, touchingthesunrise.com. Hello and welcome to Touching the Sunrise podcast again. We're in the midst of our series on depression that's accompanying the new book, uh, Surviving Depression, A Catholic Approach, the third edition. Very exciting, Sister Catherine. I, I love the new edition. I love the fact it gives so many practical ideas and, mm-hmm. and new information. But so what we did with this podcast, what we're doing with this podcast is we're actually looking at depression through a specific lens, the lens of Mary, um, Mm -hmm. by visiting several points in her life. And we're doing that through art. So I hope that some of you um, are looking at our our art today, which is um, an image of the marriage at Cana. It's by Bartolome Esteban Murillo, who was a Spanish painter um, active in the 1600s. And it is, actually we talked a little bit about this before, it's a fairly dark painting, although there are, there are points of light and there's certainly a light source coming in. Um, there's also a fair amount of darkness in this painting. If you can't see it now, take a look after you've listened to the podcast and see if you don't agree. Um, But this is, of course, Jesus turning water into wine at a wedding. And one of the things that I find remarkable about it is I'm going to make the assumption that the woman sitting next to Jesus is Mary. She's in shadow. And what I'm imagining is that this is probably one of the first times that he's been outside of her home, that up until now, he's sort of been part of her in her daily life um, and here she is essentially by asking him to take this active and miraculous role at this Sarah at this party um, she's giving him to the world she's saying okay you know talk about empty nest syndrome talk about being able to say to your child go forth um, she's not only saying go forth but go forth and be who you are the son of God Mm-hmm. So I find this a very, very powerful painting in that way. Mm-hmm. Connected with that, she had the joy of his presence and his life and his love in the home at Nazareth until shortly before this period. And at this point, she's actually 
giving him as joy right. to others in need. Um, she's seeing the needs of other people and wanting them to have joy, wanting them to be happy. And you can see that, I think, in the lighting of it, where mm -hmm. she has retired into the shadows, at least mm -hmm. for now, and all of the light is on this, this couple, this wedding couple. Mm -hmm. So she's saying, give them joy, give the world joy. Mm -hmm. And she's also asking Jesus to act. Right. She, this, of course, is the first of his miracles in his public life. We read about it in the Gospel of John. And he actually performs this miracle of changing water into wine at the wedding feast at her request. She had that faith to ask. And as we read this story in a few moments, we'll, we'll see the faith that she had in him and in his concern and his uh, love for people, love for the people that right. were around him. I also think it was a time of huge courage for her mm -hmm. um, because in a sense she's closing a door that she had you know mm -hmm. she's not that she's out of his life but mm -hmm. that she's she's saying you need to go forth you need to do what God is calling you to do mm -hmm. and that is not always going to include me mm -hmm. and that's a very hard thing for a mother to say yeah that I'm not going to be next to you every moment of your life for the rest of your life. Yes. Um, that, yes. that you need to have this separate life out there. Mm -hmm. And I will be here. I will always be mm -hmm. here for you. But you need to go places that I can't go. Mm -hmm. And this is an example of, of a time in our life when we may go through you know, a dip of depression. Um, and it's related to maturing, the maturing of a child, letting go, loss, loving, learning to love in a different way, um, re-envisioning re your own life now without your children or child in the house. So all of that is a very stressful situation uh, within us, within ourselves. And it can lead to a feeling of, of depression or darkness or uncertainty or just plain sadness. And I think this, this is one of those places where she can really be our mother and a role mm -hmm. model for us because wouldn't it have been easy for her to say, oh, we're out of wine, oh well, and mm -hmm. not, do, not take that extra step of mm -hmm. making sure that Jesus is revealed as who he is there. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, to, she, she may have sat there and said, okay, should I do this or not? You know, what is, what is the next step? And, yes. um, and, and the courage that she showed in mm -hmm. that, I think, is, mm -hmm. is something that we can take, mm -hmm. um, take with us. Mm -hmm. And also take comfort in. Absolutely. That Mary has that courage for us. Right. No matter where we are, because when we're feeling depressed, down, emotionally vulnerable, we feel no joy. Right. We feel that sadness and we can feel isolated. If, if the wine had run out at this wedding feast, the community, the spirit of joy, festivity um, would have dissipated. Right. You know, people would have been um, sad or let down. Or go home. Or gone home. <laughs> and yet she's the one who allowed that community to continue mm -hmm. in such a simple way. I'd like to read here the actual account 
from the Gospel of John of the Wedding Feast of Cana. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out, and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine, after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. I'd like to reflect on this just for a second before we go on further in the thought of Augustine. Um, Augustine wrote regarding this, first of all, he really saw a, a deeper symbolism in the fact that his first miracle was done at a wedding, mm -hmm. at a marriage. And he says in his tractates, when you took on flesh, Lord Jesus, you made a marriage of mankind with God. Help us to be faithful to your word and to endure our exile bravely until we are called to the heavenly marriage feast to which the Virgin Mary, exemplar of the church, has preceded us. So we're starting out with a marriage, but it immediately helps us see that we are called to that eternal heavenly marriage feast that will never end. Right. Um, it's not accidental, I think, that we find this in the Gospel of John, mm -hmm. um, which tends to be a far more mystical gospel than the others, yes. and looking for other hidden meanings in events. Right. Augustine paints this narrative of the wedding feast of Cana into the larger horizons of eternity and redemptive love, and he says, what wonder that Jesus came to that marriage, having come into the world to a marriage, that marriage of mankind with God. So even when we're feeling depressed, we're feeling down, that never touches this identity of who we are this relationship. in Christ, yes. this relationship with God. Um, Cana's festive wedding party, becomes in Augustine's eyes almost a symbol of Jesus' spousal love for us, his love that really blindly gives itself over to union with us, whatever the cost. It's almost the beginning of a love affair, born in eternity, which is actually consummated on the marriage bed of the cross. 
and he is raised in glory to the right hand of the Father. So Jesus' longing to be one with his creatures is symbolized in the water, which symbolizes us, being turned into wine, which symbolizes divinity. His whole purpose uh, on this earth is to turn us from that state of water, um, that state of being separated from God, long, that state where we were um, in, in fallen after uh, that first sin of Adam and Eve, that primeval um, sin of our ancestors, to take that water that was left and to transform it now through his presence, through his gift of himself to us, by reconnecting us again to the Father, um, establishing us in that relationship where we will be in eternity with the Trinity forever. So for all eternity, we can almost say, we have been the cause of great joy to God. And his whole purpose of coming to earth, the whole purpose of the sacraments, baptism, the Eucharist that we receive at Mass, um, we'll be talking later about the sacrament of penance, all of this really is because we are a cause of great joy to God. And he wants to make it possible for us to find that joy, to live in that joy, and to be filled with that joy. However, I do have to say that um, when one is depressed, one is not really in touch with that kind of joy. Yes. Um, and indeed, I think that it's true for a number of people um, who are struggling with depression, um, that they look at events such as this one mm -hmm. um, and such as, as many of the healing events in Jesus' mm -hmm. life and say, okay, but why doesn't God do something to help me? Why mm -hmm. am I feeling alone? Why am I feeling isolated? Um, I know that, that I used to think, I used to look at this first miracle and say, it just feels kind of trivial. It's at a party. What was the point of this? Mm -hmm. And of course, as you said, the point of it um, is partly to to be to be mystical in, in terms of the, the union of God and humanity, but it's also about joy. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways I think of finding joy again in one's life. Um, when one's dealing with depression is to reconnect with God and reconnect with that source of joy. Mm -hmm. But we have to admit that it's really hard. It's hard to reconnect with joy. And in fact, I think it's hard because it's hard to reconnect with relationship. Right. I think that's what Mary shows us in this image, how important relationships are. She almost... Uh, move Jesus out into the light in mm -hmm. the image to to keep those relationships and also for him to enter into somewhat of a relationship with them by by the miracle he worked for them so this whole idea of reconnecting many times when we're suffering with depression and we think back to why we have to say there are events that really break our hearts Right. Some of them are traumatic events early in our life. It could be a divorce. It could be death of someone that we love, someone we know. It could be the loss of a job. It could be a child who no longer speaks to us. 
Um, it could be any number of things. Um, and all of those things have the potential of almost shutting us down inside. And, and shutting us down even in our, our brains. There's in our minds, in our brains, we actually have things that have been called relational circuits. They're, they're the parts of our brain that, um, are, that operate, they're on or they're off, <laughs> whether we're in relationship or we've broken those relationships, we've fallen out of relationship. So if I yelled at you, Jeanette, mm -hmm. right now, and you didn't yell back at me, <laughs> you just kind of shut down like what was that all about well I don't think I'm gonna come here that often anymore and I'm gonna find excuses to escape and now I'm thinking about boy everybody doesn't like me and it just spirals out of control into a type of depression so the one relationship influences all the others and that relationship will influence the others so is that is is your RC's your relational circuits shut down to protect yourself right they shut down all that feeling sense of the presence of other people including the presence of God so I've worked with people who maybe they couldn't forgive their mother from from childhood and from admittedly a very painful experience um, and at the same time they were saying but I can't feel the presence of God part of that is just basically if we're cutting off one relationship, we cut off almost that, that ability, capacity to feel relationship, to feel these connections. So, so you're not really cutting off that relationship, you're cutting yourself off from yes, all relationships. Yes, yes. And, and this isn't a moral issue no. in a sense. We, we cut ourselves off, we back off, we isolate ourselves because it's a way of protecting ourselves. But we learn and we, we, we learn as we go forward that if we want to grow, if we want to find joy again, we have to turn the water of what we're experiencing into the wine of, of presence, into right. the wine of forgiveness. But just as the wedding couple there couldn't do it themselves, we need Jesus to help us, Jesus to help us do that. So I often lead people through a prayer meditation that helps them reconnect, to reconnect with God, um, to reconnect with themselves, and to see what God is doing to help them turn that water of relationships into wine. Um, so the first thing that I ask them to do is really to remember a time when they really felt God's presence close to them at any point in their life. And no matter who I've asked, they could always remember one point in their life when they experienced God's presence. But if you're someone who can't, you can even remember the presence of a good friend, um, it could even be a pet where you felt closeness. That's what you're looking for, a close experience. And that presence with God doesn't have to be in a church. It can be in a church. Um, it could also be watching a sunset or a sunrise. It could be looking into the eyes of your first child. It could be at any point in your life when you had this sense 
that God was there, that God was amazingly close to you. And as we tell God how much we appreciate about that experience, we're actually beginning to reconnect. And then as we look at the situation that's overwhelming or that's um, leading us, drawing us, um, dropping us really into depression at this time, we, we can almost take ourselves in hand as if we were a mother, a really good, good mother, a grandmother, and hold ourselves in that painful space as a little child so that that little child we feel safe. We feel surrounded by a mother's love, a grandmother's love. If that love was not a safe love for you, anybody else who has held you, um, that you can re-experience a connection with safety and love. And just to notice, what does that feel like? And as you open up to that experience on every level, what does it make you think? What does it make you feel emotionally? What even do you feel physically? You know, when you feel safe, what do you feel? Warm, you feel cuddly, you feel close, you feel safe, you have certain ways of thinking. All of, all of that you want to call to mind and um, relive, reopen yourself to. And then ask yourself, where is Jesus in this room with me right now? You know, Jesus, would you be willing to show yourself to me now? Is he behind you? Does he have your back? Is he sitting next to you? Is he holding your hand? Is he kneeling in front of you, looking at you, saying, I'm here. I love you. It's okay. Um, where is Jesus right now? Notice what he's doing, where he is, what you're feeling. Um, and speak to God. Again, reconnect about what you appreciate about having Jesus near you. Um, and notice how God responds. And then finally, ask God, what do you want me to know? Or as you picture Jesus, as he's there with you, what is my next step? And speak, speak to Jesus directly. And the, the amazing thing about the way God made our brains is that when we feel that God has seen us, that God has heard us, that God gets that this situation is really bad for me, that this is really hard for me, when God gets that and we can see that, when God says, I have your back, I will do something to help you, our relational circus are back on again. Mm. You know, we are reconnected. We are remembered with God, in God. We are members again of that community that he creates, a community of joy. And it's a beautiful meditation that is so simple. And you're able to actually do that meditation every day. You can do it when you wake up in the morning, before you go to bed at night, and it continually reconnects you to God, but it reconnects you to joy. You can invite Mary at the beginning to help you reconnect with joy. 
the image that I'm getting is is plugging back into the wall when 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 your computer doesn't work, when something mm -hmm. doesn't work, when things are awry, and then you plug into that that power source, mm -hmm. and everything starts flowing again. Mm -hmm. um, it's mm -hmm. almost like we're that broken computer that's just sitting there and mm -hmm. needs to have that that flow of electricity through us so that we can experience life and joy in God. And it could have been other people who unplugged you. Right. It could have been someone else who hurt you, uh, someone else whose behavior um, made your life difficult or broke your heart, who in a figurative sense took, took unplugged you from the wall, unplugged you from that circuit. But not in reality. In our deepest being, we're always, we're always plugged there. in. Yeah. But in our feelings, in our ideas of who God is and our who we are, in our perceptions, all of that illusory self, in a sense, we feel that we have been unplugged. Mm -hmm. And many times, not through our own fault. But by reconnecting to God, as Mary can help us do, we're we're plugged back into that source that can turn the water of our pain into the wine of God's joy. And that's truly what I'm seeing in this painting is this sense of both wonder and joy and connection. Um, that that even, even the way people are holding their hands, they're open, they're searching, they're connecting. Mm -hmm. So let's get down to some practical things Great. that people can do to reconnect with joy. And in the book, there are a, a larger number of these, but we wanted to share a few of them here today. Mm -hmm. um, one of them, going back to our theme of gratitude, but this is a different idea. To deliver a letter of gratitude in writing or by email to a person you are grateful to, but have not thanked appropriately. Actually, you don't know this, um, those of you who are listening, but right in the middle of this podcast, I got a phone call, which I answered, and it was someone thanking me for another book I had written, uh, Meditations on Deeper Trust, and how much it was helping her. That brought so much joy to me, and I asked her, how's your mother? Because I knew her mother was ill, and that brought joy to her. Right. And she told me the story of her mother. And um, we were both able to go on with greater joy. Well, while you're talking about that, what, one of the things I'm thinking about, which is another, another on your list, in terms of going back and forth with another person, is to offer compliments. Mm -hmm. um, we are quick to criticize. I didn't like how you did this. Why did you have to do that? Um, and I'm not saying you should off, you know, you should look and say, oh, what can I compliment them on today? What does her hair look nice? Is she wearing a lovely dress? No, but if if there are things, and there are certainly things in every relationship that touch you, that you treasure, that you love, that someone else has given to you, um, to reflect that back to them, because imagine how we often go through days and days without anyone complimenting us. And when they do, when they say good work or thank you for doing that, it means so much. And the fact that we can give that gift to others is just so tremendous. So when you're suffering with depression, 
um, the beautiful thing is by complimenting other people, one, you're beginning to look for and see the positive and the joyful, and two, you're going out of yourself and bringing joy to someone else. Exactly. And both of those are steps toward entering more into joy and to light, even in the midst of the suffering of this depression. And I want to build on what you were saying about gratitude because it's really easy for us to say, oh, I'm grateful for everything. But if we can try to be specific, if mm -hmm. we can write down three things that we're grateful for today, mm -hmm. you don't have to keep the whole gratitude journal unless you want to, but mm -hmm. just write down three things. The mm -hmm. more specific you are, the more you can stop and say, oh yeah, there are some good things going on in my life. It's not all dark. It's not all overwhelming. This good thing happened. This thing I'm grateful for happened. Mm -hmm. And connected to that, um, being specific about your compliments. Yes. Um, for instance, I'm really grateful that you are always on time when you come here because that enables us to really utilize our time and get these projects finished on time. It helps me to be calm. So I'm complimenting you, but I'm telling you what it means. This is, this is what it means to me. Right. This is what it means to me. And then it's a real compliment. It's right. a real thank you. Right. It's not like, oh, I'm, I'm totally grateful you got here on time today. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm grateful you got here on time today. And I know it's really hard because you come from three hours away. But because of that, we were able to finish this entire project and get it off the ground. And it, it, I am just, it kept me calm. Thank you. And that also reminds you, if you're, if you're, struggling with depression that there are people here who are helping you and there are mm -hmm. people in your life that are good mm -hmm. for you that are helping mm -hmm. your projects move forward or our projects move forward mm -hmm. um, so it's all interconnected isn't yes. it there's yes. it's like this whole fabric of relationships and, and God and reconnection and gratitude mm -hmm. that that really all goes together mm -hmm. um, there's two others that kind of go together one is surrender and the other is let it go mm -hmm. um, surrender is to release one thing you have no control over just to release it like I have no control over something and just to release it I'm not going to worry about it anymore because worrying isn't going to help because I have no control over it Letting it go is to see how many small things during the day you can just let go. So this word, that attitude, this, you know, this person was late or that person cut me off in traffic or whatever it may be. Um, I stubbed my toe, <laughs> I ran out of money in my purse and I had to go to the bank or whatever it may be, these small things, how many of them in every day can I just let it go? you know, and just go on with my life. See the larger picture. That's see the what larger that, picture. That really mm -hmm. enables you to see a larger picture. And Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, all of this to me leads up to loving, mm -hmm. to loving unconditionally. Um, we often think when we're feeling depressed that we're not worthy of others' love and we're not worthy of giving back love. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. We are all children of God. Mm -hmm. um, but we can only embrace that relationship when we mm -hmm. can love others without putting requirements on them mm -hmm. or, or saying they have to do a certain thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
And in the spirit of the miracle at the wedding feast at Cana, I'd like to give just one of the ideas that are in the book about how to build joy with others. Um, I know when I was suffering from depression, you know, I would look out, why isn't someone calling me or sending me an email? You know, we can wonder why aren't people bringing me over dinner and why isn't anybody sending me flowers and why doesn't anybody care? As, as though we feel almost that our joy depends upon others rescuing us. And that's a very understandable um, feeling when you're so down. But there are ways in which we can um, take that step in a way to find joy and find that joy with other people in community, not in isolation. In a so, sense, you can jumpstart the joy yes. by doing it, by turning it around. Yeah, so find something you like to do, um, something I say that will cause your eyes to soften in enjoyment or bring a smile to your face and invite someone you care about to join you in it. So possible ways that I've listed, but you probably have better ones, Jeanette. Go for a hike, pick flowers, scream together at a football game, build an ice cream sundae, go to a beach, sit by a lake, play guards, cards, go bird watching, uh, watch funny YouTube videos, dance, go for a drive, take photographs of beautiful things you find, anything. What you're doing doesn't matter. And the really important thing about it is, so I'll give you an example, it's actually one of yours, but I love ice cream. <laughs> and when I'm feeling down, wouldn't it be nice if one of my friends called me up and said, let's go out for an ice cream? And you can wait forever for that to happen. Yes. But I could say, all right, not only do I want an ice cream, but I'm going to connect with someone around it. Mm -hmm. So I will call up someone and say, do you want to go out for an ice cream? It's something special, it's something different, but I've kind of jump-started the process there rather than sitting in my room and saying, no one's calling me up and asking me for, to go out for an ice cream. So Mary at Cana jump-started the process. Yes. She saw what was missing. She saw what was gonna happen. She saw the sorrow that was gonna be um, for, it was gonna be on the faces of the couple that was being married when their wine ran out and she jump-started the joy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah, that's a good place to leave it, I think. It, it, yeah, thank there's you. There's a lot to think about in, <laughs> really in what is. we've just been going um, through. And again, I say, you know, we can go through really periods of serious depression, but all through our lives, depending on what's happening around us and within us and in our, in our lives and the environment, in the society at large, <laughs> we go in and out of these times in our life. And some of these ideas are just really healthy things to put into practice. Exactly. Because one, they one keep us thing. from getting depressed. <laughs> right, and it's just one sure thing you can do. You don't have to cure yourself or the world. Mm -hmm. Just do one thing, do the next thing. And Ask by, God, what is the next thing? Yes, and bringing that one little act, just like that one miracle, at the wedding feast of Cana, we ultimately are bringing more joy into the world. So true. So and true. ultimately, all of us will arrive at the eternal joy of the wedding feast of heaven. Amen. So I think we'll end there. Thank you so much for a great conversation. It really has been fun. Thank you. God bless. 
God has amazing ways of knocking on people's hearts, awakening desires, arousing questions, provoking an unexpected spiritual fire. Remember, if you'd like some extra support and are ready to embark on a sustained spiritual journey, you can connect with me in a number of ways by going to my website, touchingthesunrise.com. So until the next time, take care of yourself. And remember that you are not alone. You are loved no matter what. And when you search within yourself, you will not only find yourself, but the throne of the Divine Trinity. You have a calling, a mission, and every gift, every grace, every moment, even every fall, mistake, and sin is a step toward your completely and wholly being taken up into the mystery of God's love for you and for all creation. Remember always that you have a treasure of inexpressible joy hidden in an earthen vessel, small and fragile. May this overflowing joy fill you and yours with this fragrance. God be with you.